sent from an ancient civilization. Flying onto the screen to face the shadow of evil, it's Gamera, Guardian of the Universe. Shadow of Evil, man. It's a term directly from mm. the film. <laughs> the yeah. Shadow of Evil. And I'm not referring to you, Alex. I'm referring oh. to Gauss. Uh, oh, thanks, Eric. You know, I guess if if one of us had to be one of these things, I would, would be the Shadow of Evil for the podcast. Yeah, and I would be the last hope. Mm. <laughs> Disappointing last hope, I guess. <laughs> Um, uh, what was it? They, hey, what is it they say, Eric? It's a go out with a whimper, not a bang. Yes, it's <laughs> true. <laughs> Welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast, where we are still trying to, our best to stay alive here at the bargain basement of the Kaiju podcasting airwaves. Mm. I am Eric, the uh, I guess I call myself the uh, cinephile, aka film snob, and with me is. Alex, <laughs> that's not what I expected. I expected you to say my name. <laughs> sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Mm. I, I get afraid of the shadow of evil every once in a while. Well, you know, I, you, you can't help that. But yeah, you know, I'm the resident Godzilla fan or monster movie fan, I guess, since we're past Godzilla. Uh, a few weeks now, turns out. Um, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, I think I think we're doing a... a one of the big ones today, Eric. We are. And before we get into it, I just want to say we have a great interview planned uh, at the end for our awards. And it's with uh, Kyle and Rob from Tokyo Lives. We actually already recorded that segment. And let me just go ahead and say it's super entertaining. You definitely want to listen to Kyle and Rob because they are here to bless your eardrums with some great kaiju goodness. That's what I have to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they really did. It was a good time. And they're going to join us for MVM Plus as well. Um, and we talk a little bit about everything this week on MVM Plus. We, we dive in a little further into Gamera, Guardian of the Universe. We talk about how you're convinced, Alex, that you know maybe the Godzilla versus Kong film is going to come out streaming before it ever comes out in theaters. And then we also talk a little bit SSSS Gridman as well. So we got a little bit of everything in that MVM Plus episode um, mm-hmm. with the Tokyo Lives guys. So if you're interested in that, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Pot. Yeah, that, that episode has a little extra uh, razzmatazz, as the kids are saying. It is. It's a good MVM Plus episode <laughs> for sure, for sure. But without further ado, let's get into Gamera, Guardian of the Universe. Are you ready for this introduction, Alex? Let's get ready to rumble! <laughs> All right, that's new to the podcast, but I'll take it. I will take it. It's not past midnight, Eric. It is not past midnight. Yeah, no, it is not. Here we go. As the first of the highly praised Gamera Heisei trilogy, Shisuke Kaneko takes the helm with a new, more modern update of the franchise. Commemorating the series' 30th anniversary, 
Guardian of the Universe sets Gamera up against his arch nemesis, Gauss. But does the Heisei trilogy start with a bang, or does it fall victim to a Gauss fang? Mm. What do you think, Alex? Uh, you know, I, I think this starts it out pretty well. We, we get a really nice setup in this movie with like a lot of mystery and intrigue. Gauss feels really frightening. Uh, actually, I kind of miss the vampiric elements of him in this one, mm-hmm. but I I like the Jurassic Park poop digging scene. Uh, I also like the really good effects. Like the the miniatures are spot on. Mm-hmm. Gamera looks great. Like Gamera finally doesn't look like a walking like a generic walking turtle. Like he has. I'm sorry. I, I still think he did the entire Showa era. Now he looks like his own monster. Hmm. Where him having a shell is just like he's still a turtle, but really I don't see him that way quite as much anymore. And I think it's really the tusks, the way they're done really helps. The way he walks really helps. Uh, <laughs> just everything about it is just a lot better. But really, I think Gauss kind of steals the show in this one. Uh, I really like that he is a really good match for Gamera. And I like the way they generate the laser beam in this one. It's got that buildup mm-hmm. that slices the cage in half, which is really cool. That being said, I do think the film misses the mark a little bit. And one particular area is the pacing in the third act. I think it really drops the ball in terms of making us wait too long for the final battle because we we get that attack on Gauss and then we mm-hmm. have to wait another twenty four hours to attack him again. It just did, it didn't really seem necessary. And then there's also an, the other problem I have with the film, which is I don't like it when movies give the hero character a new ability to finish off the enemy. In like one move <laughs> or just like suddenly without explaining it. Like, yeah, we, we saw before in the original Gamera, starting with the original Gamera, him eating fire, absorbing it. And they do the same effect here where they rewind an explosion into Gamera where the show that he's absorbing it in a really cool effect. But we hadn't seen that in the movie. It wasn't earned, in my opinion. And so hmm. it kind of hurts that finale for me. And I, this is a... a not a common thing, but it does happen in some superhero movies, and those those movies are tend to be my least favorite when the hero just suddenly has a trump card for no reason. Uh, but this film trilogy has been hyped beyond all imagination, and I wonder if that is actually a direct result of the Showa era being undervalued, and thus like hmm. they're they, they're not really even compare uh, comparable almost in some hmm. ways. So. I don't know if it's that or these are actually truly great films. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's easy to say that a film is overrated. And with all the hype, this film might feel overrated. But I actually don't think it's overrated or underrated. It's just appropriately rated in my mind. It definitely deserves high praise, primarily for its tokusatsu effects. But I also think that the character work is impressive. In, in regards to some of the effects specifically first... Yeah, some of those shots, like the special effects, do seem dated. The, the composite shots of Gamera and Gauss flying. But I don't think mm. we can fault the film too much for going all out for what it had 
at its time. Yeah. Um, and it's the other details in the movie that also show the care that was put into it. It's things like, as you said, the miniature sets. But it's not just the miniature sets. It's also the film locations. Um, you've got that destroyed island that Gauss initially attacked mm. um, that looks like a destroyed island. <laughs> you have the baseball stadium. You have Tokyo. These places uh, and these sets are filled with extras. There's just a lot of care put into this film, and you can see it throughout. Yeah, I'm, you're right. There is a lot of fun visual variety in this film, which is something we haven't seen much of uh, in the Gamera series. We kind of get one True, location. because Gamera seems to <laughs> stick to like one location. <laughs> yeah, Here yeah. we've got a bunch of locations. I like that. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're either stuck at a beach or we're stuck in space or... <laughs> Yeah, we've got our set and we're sticking to it, darn it. (laughs) That's right. We built this thing. We're going to use it the whole movie. (laughs) But I like that this is like we slowly get a little bit of time in a bunch of different areas. So nothing feels stale. I didn't realize how stuck we were in the Showa era with our locations until this movie. Mm -hmm. And I like that the intrigue and like I said, the mystery and the the knowledge of the monsters is like slowly unfurled throughout the movie where we just get these little tidbits of information where we don't have all of our questions answered, but that's what really interests me is that I don't have all my questions answered. And I like to kind of piece that together myself. It really lets me buy into the fabricated Gauss and Gamera that they're not these just mutations or this answer to uh, something humanity did, which they do touch on that a little bit in a, mm-hmm. a theme mm-hmm. that I don't buy into a whole lot uh, in terms of how it's presented. But I do like that these are manufactured things, possibly from a previous civilization, definitely a previous civilization. Um, yeah. But there's a, there is another thing that I liked, and it's the characters. But there's one aspect of the characters I didn't like, and it's a one character story arc in particular. And that's Asagi's mm-hmm. as a priestess. I don't yeah. think it's 100% necessary. I don't know what its purpose is, really, but I did kind of enjoy it. it, yeah. I, it now, it might play a bigger role in the next film. It, it does play a bigger role in the next films. I'm not going to play it down. Yeah. But it does play a bigger role in some of the other films. But I, in this film, as a standalone film, I felt like a little extra risk, a little extra stakes need to be placed on her connection with him and her ability to be hurt. I really wanted more consequences on that. Yeah. I think the issue there is like that arc doesn't pick up until two thirds of the way through the film, (laughs) you know, uh, that is an issue. And I, and I, I would say that that's, that's a real, I, I, I was a little bothered by that as well, but I also recognize like this is probably going to lead into some things that happen in the next two films. So I didn't fault it too much where I did want to critique the film was in its messaging. Um, again, characters are fantastic, but I think the Gamera mythology, which is talked about quite a bit here mm-hmm. um, is super interesting. Like I'm really intrigued by the mythology, but I don't know if it's necessary for this specific film. Hmm. And I also think then like the Gamera mythology then allows for the film to just kind of shoehorn in an environmental theme, which 
I actually agree with. Like again, I agree with the yeah. theme, and I have no problems with it in, in its entire premise. It just feels like very much um, telling me instead of actually showing me. There's even like a montage scene right there, which it just felt a little bit like heavy handed <laughs> and unearned up yeah. to that point. Right. Yeah. Um, now I, I I'm hoping that the next two films fix this issue and I think it will. And I, I think the mythology is going to build to a point where I actually care a little bit more about it, but I do think it detracts a little bit from the very human story that's being told in this one. So that would be my one critique. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that that's my favorite part and that's probably your least favorite part. Uh, and the thing is, is I, I had no problems with the pacing and I had no problems with uh, g- the camera, camera earning a new ability because <laughs> it was a new ability one. And two, that is a precedent from the other show of camera films, right? Just when you think right. camera is about to die, <laughs> right? Just whenever he's like, he's been defeated. Gamera's defeated a lot, Alex. You you recognize this. Oh, yeah. You know, Gamera's defeated a lot in the Showa era, but then he always comes back uh, and finds a way to win. Yes. Right? I, I just don't like a new ability. I mean, yes, we've seen him absorb things, but uh-huh. I, I just do, do not like it not being established, even hinted at anything throughout the film. And then it's this final trump card he drops to beat the, to beat the foe that's been whooping him. We're kind of I got evenly you. matched with them. That, that's I all. You. I just need a little build up, Eric. That's all I'm asking for. I, 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 I'm with you. Oh I'm my with gosh! You. So, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't really buy the theme uh, either. Like I, I'm, I'm with you. I agree with it. Whatever. Yeah. I've said, but here's the problem. It's typical for mm. these films. Don't pollute. Don't use nuclear or anything. I get it. I'm tired of it. I've seen this in movies. Over and over and over. This is not an original message. It has taken zero creativity to do this. I, I'm I'm so tired of it. But again, I like the idea of this ancient thing. Possibly something that humanity is going to lead to again is creating something else that is going to be their both their demise and maybe they'll save another civilization one day. I do like that aspect of it. Here's what I'll say. One one thing I'll say is. I don't agree with you like, like this messaging. I think this messaging needs to be heard, but I, there's a difference actually. Like you critiqued Godzilla versus Hedera uh, for being too heavy handed uh, with its messaging. And that's, that's kind of what brought you down on Godzilla versus Hedera. But my point with Godzilla versus Hedera was the fact that, yeah, it was so heavy handed, but it was so heavy handed throughout the entire thing. It emphasized the message even more so. Here, what I don't like about the messaging is that the film in general isn't about this specific, like, uh, it's not about pollution. It's not about nuclear waste. That It just feels shoehorned in in one specific scene. That's where my critique is. If it was a little bit heavier with it, like in showing me the effects of plutonium throughout the entire film, I might actually buy into it more in that scene. I think the film is actually more successful in its, its themes when you put um, Dr. Uh, Dr. Nagamine up against the government officials. It reminds me a little bit of Shin Godzilla, actually. No. And, you know, she has to like push up against 
the government bureaucracies in order to make her solutions work. Well, if you remember, one of the cool things was is they, they had to get permission to yes. fire on camera, yes. they're only defend, and it's like, what do you say? <laughs> what it was such well, it was such a Shin Godzilla move that yes. was right. Um, and that's the theme that I actually picked up more on, and I thought was more effective in its subtlety versus the one heavy-handed scene that tried to shoehorn in the environmental message. Not that I mind the environmental message; it's just like, don't just shoehorn it in. Make your film if you're going to make your film about that, do it in a way that's creative and effective. Like Godzilla versus Hedera, but we're not talking about oh, that movie. Yeah, creative. That's right. That's what that was. <laughs> um, no, but uh, again, I don't. I know that Gamera's origins are nuclear, so we're tied to it. But I'm getting tired of it. That's it. I'm. Gonna, I'll leave it alone. I'm done. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I feel you, Alex. Well, here's what I'll say. I did appreciate some of the th- throwbacks to the Showa era. Um, of course, the first face we see is Kojiro Hongo as uh, the captain of the Japan Coast Guard patrol boat there, which was awesome. I love seeing his face first because it was such a great throwback. Um, we get Gamera healing himself on the ocean floor. We get a throwback to Plato's writings, which was in the very first film. And you get that twist on the nocturnal Gauss storyline. And there are several other that of others that I'm sure we'll mention later on. But I also think that the heart of the story is Gamera. Ultimately, mm-hmm. we have a group of human beings fighting together with the giant turtle to conquer a common enemy. Right? Yeah. We have a connection. Um, and this time, a spiritual slash psychological connection to youth. That's where I think the uh, priestess storyline does come in is that connection to this youthful energy that her character brings. Yeah. That, um, again, that's... it can be done better, but that's, that would be my connection. And then we have Gamera, right. Who does get dominated before finding a way to defeat Gauss, as I said, but what do you mm. want to say about the priestess character? Well, it's not just the priestess character. It's more about your comment on youth. That seems to uh-huh. be something that Kaneko has a lot to say about. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. saw that with GMK and how the younger p- characters and people have don't really have a respect for the past at all. Right. Right. And but- I think we're seeing something similar here. Uh, mm-hmm. It probably goes, it's not quite as much, but it's in particular the moment on the train where, the soccer player, he's talking to, to uh, the girl that that's beside him, and he mentions that it would be cool to see Gamera. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That really plays into like this youthful thought that has no understanding of the real world mm. and is almost problematic because it's almost delusional. I mean, it is delusional. And I, I think Kaneko has something to say about it, but... Uh, it's not here, not yet. Now, yeah. over the trilogy, we might get there, but th- cool. there is something about youth that Kaneko wants to say again, which I really do like about him. I do want to clarify. I know I've mentioned it a couple of times, but you know the final move that it bothers me, and the reason I haven't brought it up before, maybe in some of the Godzilla Showa era, even Hed- Hedera, I didn't really care for it, but even in Hedera and maybe Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. 
where he gets his his magnetic abilities all of a sudden. Uh-huh. It, that's okay because the movies are more goofy in tone throughout. Like they've got serious moments, but they're inherently really goofy on purpose. This movie is not. <laughs> this movie this movie doesn't have hardly any comedy except for our taxi man. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's pretty much played straight. I mean, we're seeing people get killed regularly. This is a pretty overall a serious movie. So yeah. that kind that type of thing, it might even work in a superhero movie where it's a little more goofy too sometimes. But this is kind of played pretty straight lace, especially for a camera movie. And so it's just it's it's not sold for me. I pooped on this movie a lot. I feel like. <laughs> I don't imagine the Tokyo Lives guys are going to poop on it too much. So let's go ahead and invite them on the show. (laughs) Okay. So today we have the opportunity to welcome not one, but two very special guests to the podcast. Two of the four Tokyo Lives hosts, Kyle and Rob. Welcome to the podcast, guys. And to start us off, why don't you introduce yourself? And while you're introducing yourself, explain your podcast a little bit and how it came to be. Uh, so hey everybody, uh, I'm Kyle. Uh, I am one of the the lead hosts. I guess I was uh, the origin host that is left. Um, so uh, founder, founder. Yes, Ooh, I am the founder yeah, yeah. of Tokyo Lives. There you go. Uh, so back in February of 2016, the way 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 back then, uh, Cam- uh, Cameron Coleman. <laughs> My friend from college uh, approached me about doing a giant monster podcast uh, leading up to uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, because Ooh. at the time, all the uh, evidence was showing that it was going to be a kaiju film still. Uh, <laughs> 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 we were wrong. Uh, but uh, so we, we continued and we did uh, uh, you know about an episode a month. Uh, we tried to do two episodes a month every once in a while as, as close as we could. Uh, but then as we got closer and closer to the next film, that was the big one on our radar, which was Shin Godzilla, uh, uh, Coleman unfortunately had to bounce out cause he just got too busy with other life stuff. Um, so whenever, uh, I was like, I don't want this to die. I want to continue this. Um, so I started like coming up with plans to find new hosts, <laughs> uh, and a sword in a stone. He started uh, leaving flyers around. He, he did tryouts with Simon Cow. Yeah. <laughs> he propped up a large cardboard box, uh, with a stick and led yeah. a, a trail of Reese's pieces to it, which, you know, so, who can resist? so what, what happened is, is that uh, what had happened was, uh, I, uh, we were going, the next movie we were going to do was the host. So I thought that was hilarious. It was a joke we made back in the day on that episode. Uh, that that was when I introduced the world to the new hosts. Uh, so of <laughs> course my uh, my wife uh, Marissa is one of the other hosts. Uh, and then I met Rob through a friend of a friend. Yeah. Uh, and then I met Cameron through Rob. So yes. Rob, why don't you talk about your side of it from there? Uh, yeah. So. Uh... Back in like post college, Rob, I was you know a listless uh, writer who also wanted to make dumb jokes on the internet, and uh, I met this dude who was like, "I have a camera, let's do dumb sketch comedy." And then about like a week in, we were like, "Hey, we've got this idea for a sketch, but we need more than three people to do it because we need someone to operate the camera." Uh, and I walk into like this house at like 9 a.m. because we were doing like an early shoot, even though it was supposed to be just like a really dumb, simple joke. 
of <laughs> someone using their phone to Google something using the OK Google functionality and me having no idea what that is. That's the whole bit. <laughs> so that sounds like something that could, it's a 30 second long sketch written. It took us four hours of recording, and that's how I met Kyle. Because <laughs> that cameraman who dealt with us having to frantically duct tape a jerry-rigged like uh, like tripod, because at one point we summon a person like Beetlejuice wise, and so we had to have uh, like Kyle's shoulder in frame so he couldn't be behind the camera. It was a whole mess. Um, <laughs> And then we we filmed like a, a whole series of like sketches afterwards, and I think it was your birthday party uh, that we were doing in my backyard because I <laughs> bought a projection screen and just wanted to use it. You were like, "Hey, so I do a podcast. Like, you know, if you like giant, you like talking about movies. You know, maybe you would like to join and like you know do talk about movies, but on the internet." And I was like, "I like talking on the internet, sure." Um, <laughs> So I was I was kind of playing Eric's role. I was the absolute outsider. Uh, Cameron mm. had watched a lot of them. Uh, Kyle obviously is like a kaiju expert, but really I had only seen movies back in like when I was like a kid, like at sleepovers or like when it would ter- play on Turner Classic, or of course Mystery Science Theater. Mm. So mm-hmm. yeah. that's how that's how like that's where my vibe was supposed to be is like i'm the newbie who doesn't i don't know and now i'm right. you know three years in and i can't really play that role so instead that's yeah. not true <laughs> I'm still, you still I'm haven't still... seen anything yeah <laughs> i still try not to watch movies until we're actually doing them for an episode yeah. okay yeah. yeah i get mad whenever eric starts jumping ahead i'm like eric stop it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well we used to consider alex the uh kyle of the group the expert but then we met people <laughs> like kyle who are actually more experts <laughs> and we realized we're both pretty new at this whole thing but we're learning we are learning each and every film yeah <laughs> yeah more of a more of a lifelong fan than an expert i guess uh, is got it yeah. yeah i think uh i think g-man uh on twitter is the one that quickly made me realize that um <laughs> so we, you know, we were recently on your all's podcast uh, for Marvel's Godzilla comic, and I know Rob, you weren't you weren't there, you you weren't willing to grace us with your presence <laughs> at the time. No, uh, don't worry, I'm not bitter about it at all. Wow. <laughs> Listen, I joined today specifically. I said I, it was in my writer only if Eric's going to be on this episode. I said it, <laughs> and uh, you know, so that's hilarious. <laughs> Which, that was a that was a really fun read for me and Eric. Like the first time we'd ever seen yeah. it or read it. And uh when you both watch a new kaiju film or you know experience anything new in the kaiju media for the first time, what are you all like looking for? So for me, it's it's a combination of things. Like I, I think for me, since I am the quote unquote kaiju expert and I've seen a lot, uh it is a rare movie that I have not seen. Um, but, um, as, as when, when, uh, we kind of reassessed the podcast, when we got the new hosts in and everybody was trying to figure out the new structure, um, and we came up with our, with our structure that you guys followed when you were on our episode, which is, you know, plot monster design, uh, find a favorite and least favorite moment. Uh, what's up, what's up with the special effects and cinematography. And then of course, sound design. Um, I think those are like, those have kind of become my 
test, my litmus test for like any movie in general now. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially when it comes to kaiju films. Uh, for instance, I think the most recent movie that I had not seen that's a big kaiju film, uh, one of the one of the most recent ones was uh, Space Amoeba. And uh, that movie is awesome. And it was so fun to watch it with those fresh eyes. So I was watching them like Rob, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, and also, I mean, when you really boil it down, the thing with especially kaiju films, with an exception of a very few, they're not really high concept for the most part. Yeah. Uh, so you also have to look at, is this movie entertaining? Did I have fun watching this movie? I think that's that's what Marissa always judges the movies on, really, is just, was this <laughs> fun? Uh, and I think, yeah. I think that's, that's kind of across the board for us, Rob, what, what's yours? Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, okay. Uh, I, I've always really liked disaster movies. Um, and the thing that really intrigued me about kaiju movies is it is destruction. Like it's a disaster movie where like the disaster has a literal footprint, you know, it's, it's a, a living being, which is always really fun to see, uh, which obviously means the biggest thing for me is like, Man, Toho special effects. If you give Toho something to blow up, it's going to be a good movie. <laughs> um, uh, I've obviously like now that we're like really trying to break down like the whole narrative structure of a movie. We're trying to break down the like camera techniques. We're trying to really deep dive into the guts of a movie. It's really mm-hmm. changed my perspective about these films in a way that like. Yeah, a lot of them don't really like have like, you know, like a really deep message, but they all have a point like there, you know, there's, you know, like there's metaphor behind the narrative. So I do find myself really focusing on like, what is the film trying to say and how well is it presenting that information? But obviously outside of just that, I also really love trash. I love, I love bad movies and I love you like films. Imagine that. (laughs) Listen, and like, you know, if you guys ever wanted to ask me about that, I just, you know, I have a lot to say on the subject. (laughs) I do, Rob, as you know, (laughs) you actually, you mentioned, you mentioned you were a sketch artist actor before. And that does not surprise me in the least because we saw your little sketches for Kaiju quarantine where you were literally not figuratively, you were literally the king of Trash Mountain. <laughs> so how'd you become the king, and why are you so into trash, Rob? Well, we, that is the royal we, have always been the king of Trash Mountain. <laughs> uh, but in, uh, on a more serious note, I'm really excited to answer this question because like, I've always really wanted to talk about like the metaphor and the meaning behind why I love bad movies so much. Um, So the, the, you know, like the beginnings way back in the mists of time, uh, it was really because like, honestly, my babysitter was a VCR and like a lot of like old videotapes of like, you know, eighties action films and a lot of mystery science theater stuff that like have been recorded from like the comedy central and stuff like that. Um, so I had this like urge from like, you know, childhood to kind of gravitate towards bad movies because it makes film an interactive experience. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not just observing and letting the film wash at you. You're sitting there and like 
why are they doing Dutch angles? Like, what are, what are they doing? What's happening? And the person sitting next mm-hmm. to you can also be like, what did that character just say? What is happening? I, like, it is, it's such a joy to watch a bad film because it's an experience that you share in the moment, you know? Yeah. Um, so I do really find myself kind of like, and I, I mean, I'm not saying like, it's easy to do. It's very easy to deconstruct a film in that kind of like cinema sins esque way while you're watching it. But that is extremely fun to do in real life. I don't think it's a good way to review a movie, but it's a really, really fun way to like connect with a person in a quick and immediate fashion. I mean, Crater Lake Monster comes to mind for me. Oh my god! When, when we watched that together, and we all saw the the night a day for night shot, and we were just like, "Oh my freaking god!" You mean what? The, the day for day for night shot? <laughs> day for day for was... night shot. <laughs> uh, oh, that's, that's awesome. That, that's actually how me and uh, our our two time guest Andrew Cassie met. He's the one that, that takes over our Instagram. Is we worked at a video rental store, and he was obsessed Yo. with terrible movies. Oh, yes. man. And he was obsessed with terrible horror movies. And that's yes. kind of how we really got to know each other, was watching awful 80s, especially <laughs> horror. Awesome. <It's, laughs> 80s, 80s horror was like a goldmine of trashy cinema. There's just like so much of it that we just poured out. We really just ripped off a Band-Aid with like Friday the 13th, and then it, it just proliferated and it was not it could not be stopped yeah it's yeah one of my favorites that he showed me was a movie called chopping mall yes oh Oh my my god God. okay i just (laughs) chopping mall is amazing uh it's a great double feature with this film called class of 1989 which is another story about three evil robots but it's set in like a future dystopian high school it's amazing (laughs) just i cannot stress enough i i rented both of those just by chance just because i wanted to watch both of them and i did not know that they were like synchronicity you know like they synced up perfectly <laughs> so that is a great double feature added to my watch list immediately the, so like ultimately what like it comes down to is just, i love trash movies i love watching them with friends so like it was inevitable that i would bring trash to a like a movie review podcast i mean i you know no, we're not technically reviewing it we're deconstructing it but eh. like ultimately like it, it was an excuse for me to force, you know, Kyle, Marissa specifically and Cameron <laughs> adjacently to watch really, really bad movies. And I, oh. we got such a visceral reaction out of this movie called Ape, not to be confused <laughs> with King Kong, um, even though he's called King Kong in the movie several times, several times. <laughs> and I was just I like. The experience of watching it and us having to like get up and pause the movie and pace back all of us like had to get out of the room every once in a while and just like go, oh, what is what's going He just flipped off the cameraman and threw a snake at him. You know, it's just like it's just like it's like watching like a like a disaster happen and you're immediately bonded together and you're like, we're in it together. Like we've got to. Oh, no, there was a car accident. We've got to like act immediately, except in the form of a film. It's, you know. It's 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 forced bonding. Trash does bring us together, you know. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, isn't that right, Kyle, my good friend? But pal, yeah. oh boy, I feel sorry for you, Kyle. <laughs> sorry for you. Which I'm sure that's you know some of the surprises that he's brought to the podcast. But I want to know from you, what are some other surprises you've had? You know. <laughs> 
uh, hosting a podcast about giant monsters. And what, well, you know, what have you learned from it? Because I've learned a lot in my short time. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's yeah, you definitely learn a lot. Um, I I think definitely some of the Trash Mountain experience has definitely been <laughs> uh, stuff I will never forget. I'll say it that way. Uh, but you know, That's so kind um, of you. <laughs> but. Uh, thinking on like the in general like surprise of hosting a, a podcast about giant monsters is uh, uh, and it, it kind of it's kind of strange, but like the community that community that we built like with Tokyo Lives with our fans uh, is something I never really expected back when me and Coleman were doing it, and then now like you know we have our our awesome patron Discord, which is just everyone on there is just a treat. <laughs> I love every single person on our Discord. <laughs> Um, but like that, and then like, you know, I mean, just the craziness with, with the community of like, we make a joke and then there will be fan art of it. Like, and it's just kind of just like blows your mind when you think of that. Like, it's like, what I have fan art. Like, what is this? (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. Um, but I mean, you know, the thing I've learned from this experience though, is, um, I'm actually going to get serious for a split second here. Uh, one of the things that I have learned from the experience and it's something that, has happened multiple times uh, on uh, on our podcast. We've we've called it Kyle's soapbox, essentially, or or Marissa's soapbox. Whoever's actually complaining about something, um, but it has kind of made me more in tune with the G community, for better or worse. Um, and so sometimes, like I, I do, I have learned that like the G fans can be just as bad as the Star Wars fans, or like even though we're a smaller fan base, like it's a more niche, you know, group. Yeah. Somehow, like we can just be just as bad as the billions of Star Wars fans complaining about everything, you know. And it's <laughs> and it's so bonkers, like the gatekeeping and the fandom that still goes on to this day. Uh, is just it blows my mind. But you know, at the same time, what we strive to do at Tokyo Lives is we strive to like be on the positive side of those things. Like we try to like you know call out gatekeeping when we see it and stuff like that. Um, and so I, I don't know. I just I guess I learned to be more in tune with like what the G community should be, especially based on like the people in our our Discord server and other fans that we interact with a lot. Like we know, we see the good side of the fandom, but then we also see the bad side of the fandom. So it, it is something that I've learned with this podcast over time. You have to focus like almost completely on the positive side and address the bad, but focus as much as you can on the, the good fans that are out there. Cause most of the fans out there are actually, you know, they're just, they love giant monsters and that's why they're here. So. Which is really good of you all, because it is so easy to get focused on the small bad out of yeah. the greater like the greater good whole because the community is really great but it's still it's just a few bad days there that really it's easy to get so focused on them that you lose sight of all the great people there yeah i mean rob when, when we went to g-fest you were telling uh, that's your story is that like that was the best convention you've ever been to in your life was because everybody felt made you feel so welcome right yeah i was i uh, you know i mean okay my my experiences at conventions is limited <laughs> to like well, anime conventions in I mean, Austin. So is my so are mine pretty yeah. much. But <laughs> I, so I'm not like I'm not like a big big convention person, you know, per se. But mostly because of my agoraphobia. But everyone was <laughs> so friendly and like cool and inviting and like you know I mean yeah some of that could possibly be just because like I'm a you know pretty like 
normal looking white bearded dude, which, you know, <laughs> does grant me a lot of access to a lot of places, but it, it was just like such a friendly environment and everyone was so cool. And, you know, it really is like, there are a lot of people that like, I think are in the community that just like, when you see good, raise it up, you know, that's, I think mm-hmm. what yeah. we should yeah. be really trying to focus on is like, you know, when you see uh, the community really outreaching and like, like, you know, the, the kid who wanted to see um, uh, King of the Monsters early because he was uh, sick. The whole community came together and was just like, hey, legendary, like, this is important. Like, this kid is like, this is his make a wish wish. Like, yeah. he really wants to watch this movie. Like, let's do this. Like, there are these really, really wholesome and powerful moments in the fandom that, like, make you just go like, oh, yeah, that's a good vibe. All right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so like, like yeah, like it, the the one I posted onto Twitter, I think it was last week, was the the mom who showed their kid uh, King of the Monsters. Oh yes, and he wanted the, to know the more. Suit? The kid, yeah, and the kid wanted to know more about Godzilla. No, no, not that one, not the suit. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> where the kid, the kid was like, he was like super, he was super excited by King of the Monsters. He was like, he wanted to know more. He wanted to know more. So the 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 mom, who's this guy's sister called him and was like hey can you like facetime with your nephew and (laughs) just like go crazy with him with godzilla stuff because he's super curious and it's like that that those are those good things that you have to focus on in the community because that happens a lot but it's just you have to focus on those sort of things (laughs) yeah Yeah. no that's great i think i retweeted that too just because it was so positive uh and just so wholesome but speaking of positive I have a feeling you guys are going to be positive about Gamera Guardian of the Universe. (laughs) So before we get into these awards here, just give us a brief glimpse as to the context you go into while watching this film. Like, What are your initial thoughts without giving us your full thoughts on this film? Let's start with Rob. Sure. Um, well, let's see. I loved Gamera versus Gauss. I, oh, uh, wait, uh, Guardian of the Universe. Um, hold on. I, I just real quick. Can we take like a two and a half hour long break? I'll be right back. Um, yeah. No, sorry. Uh, I so okay. Like I said, this was like this was the second like Gamera movie I watched for the podcast, and technically the second Gamera movie I've ever watched in full. Um. I really, really, really like this movie uh, in a way that like it is just a great introduction to the like Hezai trilogy, but also just in a way that like is just such a great opening the door for a kaiju movie. Like just love one of the things I Mm -hmm. regularly try and figure out is like, is this like a good movie to show someone that's never watched a kaiju movie before? Or maybe they're vaguely interested and would like to get back into it. And honestly, I think this film is just such a solid, like, it's like, this is going to sound weird. It's the new hope of, of, uh, of like kaiju (laughs) films, you know, it's just such a narratively tight A, B and C story with such tight, Mm -hmm. like special effects. And I mean that in the nineties tight, not like narratively tight. And, (laughs) you know, it just like does such a great way of like, you know, just really lining everything up and like presenting its narrative. It's, it's just great. Yeah. Okay. Kyle, what about uh, you? Yeah. So I guess I'll give context just like Rob did. Um, so I watched a lot of the Showa films 
on VHS when I was a kid uh, to age myself a little bit there. Uh, but uh, yeah, but I, I rented the VHSs from Hollywood Video all the time when I was younger and bought some of them. And of course, um, and I, I always viewed them as great, but always lesser to Godzilla. Um, so I always would, you know, if I was given the choice between Gamer and Godzilla, I would still choose Godzilla back in the day. Um, and then this movie came out like, just like at the perfect time for me. Like it came out like right when I was really into the Heisei Godzilla films and like this movie just kind of snuck in. I was still waiting for the later half of the Heisei Godzilla series because they didn't come out till VHS until like 2001 or something like that. It was crazy. Hmm. Um, anyway, uh, so this movie snuck in. And so I watched this movie. I wore out that VH t- VHS tape. <laughs> this movie is fantastic. Uh, it's incredible. It's, it, it's, you know, it's even more incredible after you've watched the trilogy. I think, I think that there's so many, like when, when we were, sh- when me and Cameron were showing this to Rob, like we were desperate to just go ahead and show him the other two, because it was like, <laughs> I know how narratively this like ties into the next two films, specifically the third one. Yeah. And it's just so good. And it's just, it's one of those trilogies, like in, in like cinematic history that I can think of off the top of my head. That is just like. It's a narratively focused trilogy. It does what it's wanting to do. It says what it wants to say, and it ends in such an incredible note. Not to give spoilers for my thoughts of Gamera Three, even though I'm not on that episode with you guys. But uh, <laughs> quit trying to force yourself on that. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, but anyway, I yeah no. This movie is incredible. Uh, the the suit effects. I'm going to talk about them a little bit later uh, in the awards section, but uh, like are just amazing. It it. You know, notoriously, everybody points out this film a lot because uh, this movie got a big old thumbs up from Roger Ebert, yeah. uh, which mm-hmm. he was not a huge fan of a lot of other kaiju movies. He said, you know, he watched yeah. them when he was a kid and he had fun with them. But for this movie, when he saw it, he was just like, this was this brought back all the fun to kaiju films. It was so much fun to see the monsters fighting each other, you know, blah, 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 blah. The acting is great, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and he gave it thumbs up. Uh, and that, I think that says a lot for this film. Uh, yeah. uh, but it's just, it's, it's great. I love it. I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, Man. let's go ahead and get into our awards then. And we'll start with the coolest character award. Um, Alex, why don't, why don't you start us off? Yeah. There? You know, I, before I start, you know, I think it was really good of us to bring on people who have really, uh, differing opinions from each other about this film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, actually, I will say, I will say before we get into this. Yeah, I think. Well, you'll you'll see my my thoughts on this film <laughs> in the review <laughs> section here in a second, and I it, it, they are high marks, but I do think like the context of this film within the trilogy is going to elevate it even more. Oh, absolutely. Me. But yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. So Alex, why don't you start us off, man, with your coolest yeah, character. So mine's going to be, uh, I want to butcher this name. Nat, uh, Naoya. <laughs> Na- Naoya. Naoya. Naoya Kusanagi. Uh, he was Asagi's dad and he was the one, the reason yeah. I liked him is because he's one of the few characters to like kind of have, within this one movie have an arc that kind of has a beginning and kind of an end because there's that moment where he mm-hmm. realizes he really isn't as present as he thought he was. And he has that picture. He sees that picture of Asagi and her, I guess, boyfriend. And he says, I guess your dad doesn't know you as well as he should. 
Yeah. I really like I really like that moment. And as someone who can't remember the second and third movies except for the ending, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think this is that was a really great moment that really kind of sold this character more than even all the others for me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah. Kyle, what about uh, you? So I got to give a shout out to him because he's amazing in every <laughs> single movie that he shows up in. Uh, my favorite character, the coolest character in this movie, and also uh, he ties into the other two movies as well, is uh, <laughs> Inspector Osako, played by Yukijiro Hotaro. You guys have seen GMK, so he was also in GMK as the guy who tried to hang himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so... The thing I love about his character is he is the definition of the everyman in this impossible situation. He disip- The only unpor- unfortunate thing with him, his character in this movie, is he does disappear like halfway through, for yeah. like no reason. Yeah. Like he still should be involved, but he's just he just is gone. Um, but he's he's hilarious. Uh, his line delivery, his panicness whenever the gals are involved, is just awesome and on point. Um, he's, you know, he's this police detective. Once again, he's just thrown into this situation where this Island disappeared. Uh, everybody on the Island is dead or gone and it's just hilarious to watch him. And then, uh, yes, I guess, you know, carrying on into the next two movies, he is one of the characters that has an arc throughout the three of them. So he shows up in the next two as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that. That, Yeah. (laughs) He has, he has a more, he has a major part in the third one, but he does show up in the second one as well. And it's fantastic when he does. Um, uh, my coolest character is actually Dr. Nagamine. I just think she's one, she's awesome. (laughs) But two, I love the way that the film basically subverts this, the old wise man scientist role and makes it this young woman role, right? Um, She is that scientist in this movie that is always there to um, keep the, keep the guys in their places, right? Uh, She, she always has a plan. And even if the plan seems impossible, she's going to try to achieve that plan. Uh, So I love Dr. Nagamine. She, I I don't know if she appears in the other ones, but I, I think Uh, she shows up in the third one. She shows yeah. back up at the third one. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Rob, what about okay. you, man? So, all right. Imagine <laughs> the polar opposite of uh, of the inspector that we just talked about. Like, where's like the, the inspector is just like, he's nervous. Like he's like the every man who's supposed to be kind of like someone you can immediately like understand and relate with. There's a side character. <laughs> <laughs> who is not that at all. Uh, I don't know if he has a name. He's just, he dr- he's a dude who drives a taxi and this brainwashed camera girl, high schooler just walks up to him and says, Hey, I need you to drive me right up to like through military, like guards right to a Kaiju battle. And he's like, well, you seem cool enough. Like, let's do this. And then he's just like cackling and driving and like, <laughs> truly losing his mind about getting her to as close to a gamma as possible. And it is the, he's not brainwashed. He's just, he's just like done, done doing his normal day job. He's like, this is it. This is my moment. And it's such a hilarious like scene and such a great (laughs) out of nowhere, like character moment. Yeah. Um, Yeah. When he drives through the oh, blockade, yes. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, it's what is yeah, oh, my God. so good." That, that was actually—I guess we'll go ahead and move on because that was actually my my uh, most memorable line award. Yeah, him. I see that. He, he just, All right, go for it, Alex. 
I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> oh, man. I, I've never that done this good. before, but that's also my can't believe that acting award. <laughs> oh, wow. He's the, listen, he's so the good. focal point of the movie. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> Without him, there is no Gamera Guardian of the Universe. There Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Alex, that means you're probably done talking. Yeah, I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know how it goes. And let's actually let's move on to Kyle. What was Kyle? What was your most memorable? So- uh, so uh, I chose uh, a serious line, uh, and it's very, very good uh, because it comes back up uh, again in the third one a little bit. But the thing that I really like about this line is uh, it's the it's the prophecy that was written on the tablet that was jutting out of Gamera's shell uh, at the beginning of the film. Um, and it is, uh, and I quote, the last hope, Gamera, we bestow it in the cradle of time. May it awaken what the shadow of evil gyaus. Um so the thing I really love about this little prophecy thing is one, uh, it is the thing that gives the monsters their name. Um, mm-hmm. It's not it, just some child in yeah. the background going like, <laughs> he right, says, right. it's, it's, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's what he sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> but uh, that's, that's something that I really, really like is I like that it, it, um, it, it gives the monsters their names in a context in the movie itself, which is rare. Like half the time, most movies are just like, I'm going to call this one this like, and it's <laughs> or, all right. That's fine. Uh, the joke line. I really have to say this real quick is that uh, there is a line in the dub and I was going to find it, but then I ran out of time to find it. Uh, and it's the, uh, the government guy, the guy with the glasses, which we're going to talk about in a second. Uh, yes. <laughs> he, uh, he talks about, he throws back at her at one point in the dub that, uh, like, well, what if we had found a Tyrannosaurus and it was in Tokyo? And, we, <laughs> <laughs> and what would we do then? Would we try and capture it or kill it? And it's just like this silly, like what? Yeah. We'd probably still try to kill it. It's a T-Rex <laughs> in the middle of Tokyo. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I really like the prophecy line. That's that's definitely my favorite line. My well, my most memorable line isn't quite that serious. <laughs> I like that line. I think that that's actually setting up the mythology, and I think it's probably the the film seems heading in that direction for the next two films as well. So I think that's a really good line uh, to choose, Kyle. But my line's a little less serious, <laughs> and it is Alex's coolest character, Kusanagi. To Yonamori, who received no love for the coolest character and apparently receives no love in general because Kusanagi's line to him is, she chose the bird over you. <laughs> and it's just like, it's so rubbing good. salt in the wound, man. Like, you didn't have to point that out to him, but you did. It was like, ouch. I kind of wish a- you had, like, you know, like... Uh, uh, worst character I want because he's just like the accidental villain of this whole franchise Yunamori <laughs> <laughs> not Kusanaki <laughs> yeah. that'd be a nice twist if he just ended up being the bad guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Rob what would you have for most memorable so line? I also have to go serious this is so weird because I'm like oh yeah my favorite character is the wacky taxi cab driver and then I'm like but on a serious note environmentalism so to set up the scene um uh let's see here it's uh nagami 
Uh, am I saying it right? Nagamin? Nagamine? Nagamine. 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 And Yonamori. Sitting in this bar, which we've just jumped cut to. And they're just talking about like, okay, so here's like the history of like what we've learned about Gauss. Uh, he like, we know that he's like an artificial life form. Some ancient civilization made him and left it on the planet. Uh, because like it, like, and it was like hibernating because like the environment was not ideal for it, but now we've messed up the environment and it's coming back. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, so Yonamori turns to her is like, man, they've left it. Like they did this horrible thing to us. Like they left a terrible heritage to us. And she turns to him and says, and I quote, we too are trying to leave a terrible heritage. And it's just like, it, and specifically they're talking about like plutonium and like bearing like nuclear waste specifically and talking about like the half-life is like thousands of years. And this stuff will be like, kill you immediately lethal within like co- physical contact. And it's just like such a, like a poignant note to show how terrifying what Gauss is by comparing him to plutonium. But at the same time, really kind of like digging it in and being like, Hey, Radiation's not great. It's real bad still. <laughs> and it's just like it's it's just a very, very like calm and reflective scene that I, I very much like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I hate to keep bringing nice. up the fact of like all the things tie into the sequels, but that's another line that really gets brought back up again yeah. uh, throughout the trilogy. Uh, yeah. Well, if you if you want, I can just cut that audio and I'll just place it. There you go. Just the... put it in. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> featuring a, a single line from Tokyo Lives. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alex, you already gave us your most memorable line. You already gave us your can't he, believe he that acting it. He award. It. <laughs> <laughs> he did, but. Kyle, let's move on to you. What was your can't believe okay, that? Okay, so award? here's the thing. So one, I took the can't believe this acting be, being like, oh my god, it's so terrible, and also can't believe this acting. It's so good. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, it can go either so way. So I have really I have can. two answers, and and one of them I know you agree with me, Eric. So you feel free to jump in on this one too. Is the government guy is just awesome, uh, uh, man? Chef it's kiss. just. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the moment the moment when he lowers his arms yeah right yes. and it takes like three seconds for him to lower his arms he just the raises table. his arms that and is... just slowly raises them to the top of the desk for no reason <laughs> it's yeah, just it a is. power move it's just a pure power move um <laughs> it, he, it's just yeah he's he's I can't believe his acting anytime I see him on the screen. Uh it, like there's one point where uh he's he's talking uh to uh Nagam- uh at the uh, at the baseball stadium and she uh-huh. <laughs> she just like there's there's such hatred from her eyes like when she just glares over at him after something he says and it was just such a like yeah i would i i agree <laughs> i feel you <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well later on what's funny about him is later on during the final battle He's cowering behind yes. Nagamine, right? Yes. <laughs> like it's so awesome because he's cowering behind her, just like the coward yeah. that he is. It's, it's great. Uh, Good vibes. So, the, uh, the the real answer for the I can't believe this acting that I've really got to give a shout out to, uh, and I'm not going to look up their names, but there's one important thing to note, of course, with this movie, uh, is uh, the suit actors uh, are both phenomenal, both for Gamera and Gauss. A big thing to note, of course, with Gauss is it is a suit actress. 
Uh, it's oh, one of the two neat. suit actresses in the entirety of Kaiju cinema. Uh, so huh. really want to give her a shout out. Cause I really like all the like subtle uh, movements and stuff they did within the suits. And part of that's definitely the animatronics that they were able to do in the camera ahead, uh, which only gets better as the movies mm-hmm. go on. But it, 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 it just really, you can feel the, uh, like the emotion that the Kaiju are trying to portray. Um, and mm-hmm. that is something that is not easy to do as you know, we've all seen a bunch of Kaiju movies. A lot of times they just look like, you know, a person in a suit. Um, whereas this, you really feel that this is Gamera versus Gauss. They're actually characters in their movie. And I just wanted to give that a shout out. Yeah. Um, I like it. Rob, what about so, you? Man? Okay. I thought the can't believe acting. I was, I was trying to aim for like more of just like, that's so like, it caught me off guard. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and it's not necessarily an acting thing. It's probably a little bit like a scripting issue, but I'll go into it anyway. Um, basically like pretty early on, uh, like when we have Gamera first emerging from the ocean to fight, like the three Gauss and he's just running hog wild. He's blowing up a petroleum plant. It's an awesome scene. I'll talk about it more later. Um, (laughs) He's just, he's going wild. And then it just hard cuts to a news reporter being like, and we're evacuating Tokyo. <laughs> the train lines are running as expected, but unfortunately there's a lot of traffic right now. And she's just reporting it, like talking about casualties and evacuations and everything. The same with the same amount of energy that like I would expect, like someone talking about like the NASDAQ is down three points today. You know, like it's just really, really basic kind of like really low key energy. Um, and it feels like, maybe I've been spoiled by Godzilla films where anytime there's a news thing, it's usually like currently this event is happening. Someone at the news station is either there or is like reacting to it and is like showing emotion. And just to have this very, very casual, it feels like maybe it was supposed to be a joke. Like it just didn't fully translate maybe, but like it's just way too low energy, you know? Mm Yeah, <laughs> for reporting mm-hmm. like, I mean, I guess you know, well, you well, look at the it, news today, and maybe. <laughs> well, I, I like that they conveyed this sense of soul. My soul's been crushed already. So, <laughs> yeah. well, we lost. <laughs> well, crap. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought it was kind of telling too. I was like, oh man, these guys are so calm, just talking about everything that's happening <laughs> to them. That's so bad. It, it was it was so crushing. With uh, Shusuke Kaneko, like it very much could have been an intentional decision. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of funny <laughs> yeah. if I'm remembering right. GMK has a reporter overreacting. It, absolutely. To show yeah. Yes. So that's, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. A- another person that overreacts is my can't believe the acting. Actually, it may not be overreacting <laughs> because he's about to be eaten yeah. by a bird. But <laughs> this is like the. Uh, you know, you, you've got to have that one. And, and this is another Kaneko thing, right? In GMK, he has several characters that have these sorts of reactions to the monsters. But you've got to have that, like, over-the-top horror reaction. Yeah. Um, and that's what we get from the sailor. Uh, before we even yeah. see Gauss, um, we hear about Gauss. And then we get that scene that is like a yeah. horror mm-hmm. scene. and. The sailor is looks up at at the camera, which is a gal's point of view shot, and just starts screaming, "A bird, a bird!" Right? And just the horror conveyed in those two words 
a bird hasn't been that scary since Hitchcock's The Birds, <laughs> right? Nothing, yeah. nothing can match it. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I love it. But let's do a standout effect award then, Ooh. Rob. We'll start with you yes. this time. Yes. Okay. So, Suitmation, really good in this movie. But the standout effect for me is honestly the miniature, like the the miniatures are so good and they are just super down for destroying them and all of the explosions are just phenomenal like the the two scenes that really really stick out are the nighttime sequence where gamera is first showing up and stomping through the petroleum plant um where you have like pyrotechnics going off you have all this like really good lighting of like a small I mean, you know, I spent a lot of time in Houston, Texas, so like I'm very familiar with like what a refinery looks like, and like they <laughs> nailed it—a refinery at night that like that like dark, you know, because you're out like in the sea, so it's like very very dark, and then this perfect like spotlight lighting on each of like the big drums where there's like gallons and gallons of oil, and it's just like such a good scene. Um, also, Gamera's arrival uh two before gamer even shows up there's like a sleeping gauss <laughs> on top of tokyo tower and they destroy a city block as gamer is burrowing his way underneath the like yeah like, you know basically g g 98ing his way over to where gauss is and there's like <laughs> buildings slowly crumbling and like they do all so these good. like really great low angle shots that just make it all feel super impactful it, it's it's just great stuff yeah yeah it's awesome yeah no, I, I agree. I think the miniature work in general is some of the best I've seen. I mean, I'm even thinking about most of the Godzilla films, like modern Godzilla films. It's, it's hard to match just all the like miniature yeah. cars, yeah. vehicles, mm-hmm. bu- small buildings, small little details. There's just so much to take in. I, I'm sure I missed most yeah. of it. But my standout effect award was uh, the first time we see Gauss flying and oh. it's Yagamine looks out of the helicopter door and just see Gauss's head right yeah, there. Yeah. Um, and I think some of the flying scenes look dated, like some of the composite yeah. shots where we get Gamma yeah. and Gauss kind of flying through yeah. the sky. Um, and that would be like one criticism of the film, but that scene where, where Gauss is flying alongside the helicopter, it just looks so realistic. And I love the way Gauss kind of turns uh, her head towards Nagamine yeah. before she uh, photographs him. Yeah. It's just so, it, it's a little horrifying, but a little silly at the same time. Yeah. No, I just yeah. absolutely got those squirrely it. eyes just swimming around in its head. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> and that, that's why my award for Gauss eating at the stadium when there's the three of them yes. in, and you, their eyes are yeah. just like wiggling around while they're eating. Oh. <laughs> it's so. <laughs> I Frankly, love yeah. you love to see it. It's the only time like the suits are really failing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, because because they're stellar. Otherwise, it's like they're yeah. failing in the be... best way, though. Like it's like you know. <laughs> I, I, I tell myself these are newborns; they still don't have control of their eyes. I right? mean, to be fair, to be fair, you're right because as the as the one gauss grows bigger, it gets. The, yeah. the big red slit eyes that it gets towards exactly. the end of the film. So now, if true. it wanted to be more realistic, there should have been an older Gauss holding its neck so it didn't like wobble around. <laughs> but <laughs> we didn't get that. But, you know, I like googly eye Gauss. That is a cool scene. <laughs> yeah, that is a cool scene for sure. Um, 
So Kyle, okay, got, so I'm gonna I'm gonna like try and weasel my way through here with this one because I think <laughs> Rob's is actually the beginning part of mine. So I'm gonna like <laughs> so essentially there's a point which Rob is going to describe later where Gamera dies essentially, uh, and the whole refinery that they're in is on fire and like oh god what's her name the the girl holds the the medallion and like wishes for Gamera mm-hmm. to come back essentially with all of her strength and you see the fire start to kind of like swirl in on itself and Uh reforms into to gamera which uh is very 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 awesome Uh, it kind of plays on the whole like in the show a series how gamera ate fire uh so i really like that it kind of plays with that a little bit like he's not technically eating the fire but yeah um, (laughs) but then you have you have this mexican standoff sequence and it's just so well done it's gamera on one side uh gyaus has uh gotten one of his legs uh knocked off as a reference to the original film uh and they're just like standing there Mm -hmm. and like gyaus starts charging up it's 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 beam it's cutting beam gamera starts like just like glaring at it he doesn't even charge up his fire i think that's what makes it for me is like gamera doesn't even like hold open his mouth to charge up fire. He just kind of stares at Gauss. And then the instant Gauss is about to fire at Gamera, just lets loose the biggest fireball we've seen him do. And it just like blows Gauss up. He's on fire. The suit is on fire. It falls backwards. And in a giant explosion, it dies. And the, the coolest part about this for me is the beam straight into the sky, just like in the original Gauss movie. Oh, yeah. That is such a cool, just like... You know, you know, Kaneko paid attention enough to be like, okay, we got to add this beam into the sky coming out of the f- explosion and it's going to slowly fade away just like it did in the original. Like, yeah. I don't know. That's, it's just stuff like yeah. that that made me, makes me like love this movie so much. It's like you can see the love, yeah. I guess, is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> there were, there were so many little Showa moments. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It wasn't, it, it felt sh- a little bit Showa like just in its overall kind of. Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll get into it in my review a little bit at the end here. But there were those also just those little quick references. It wasn't this heavy-handed, uh, oh, now we're going to be like Showa era. It was very subtle in a way that paid paid respect, but without yeah. being over the yeah. top. So I, I really do miss the blood that fountain, way. though. Where was yeah. the blood oh, fountain? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm, in, I, I'm not going to lie. I missed a vampire gals. <laughs> yeah. <a> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really missed that. But True. Kyle, your award actually goes into my, oh, that's a good shot award. Oh, okay, cool. My favorite shot was where <laughs> after the standoff, uh, <laughs> Gauss is exploding. And you get that over-the-shoulder shot behind Gamera. Yeah. And you just see that giant <laughs> fire, like that giant uh, almost mushroom cloud in front of them. And it's just so cool. Looking. Classic Toku right there. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I expected him to, to do a victory pose, like turn around and look at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. <laughs> Rob, what would you have for your Oh, That's a Good Shot award? I'm actually, okay, I wrote something here. I'm actually going to change it. I'm still going to okay, mention good. this, but I have a reason for changing it because of reasons. But originally I had written down uh, Gauss and Gamera re-entering the Earth's atmosphere, which while on a technical level is not great, it's the first time we've mm-hmm. have like Kaiju re-entry and it's super cool. Yeah. But yeah. if it is a single frame, oh, that's a good shot. 
There is one frame in this movie that deserves that that like title, and it is Gamera standing at the base of Mount Fuji, looking up as they fire flares over him, and the flares are slowly oh, yeah. drifting down. That is cool. That's a good shot. And he, you have Gamera looking up at them, kind of confused, and like, oh, are they lighting the way for me to help me? And then immediately getting <laughs> shot by two billion intercontinental ballistic missiles. And he's like, no, please. Um, but that second, that second of just like silence of just yeah. these like flares slowly mm-hmm. floating down. And you can see that we still reference like that kind of stuff in like, you know, the legendary movies, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that shot in itself is once again, a reference to show up because like, Ooh, you know, yeah. Gamera fought Gauss on that mountainside, the entire yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah that's yeah. really cool. Well, yeah. Yeah. And and honestly, Rob, cool. what I can't wait for is for your voice acting to be on the new Arrow box set, which we're go. proud to announce. <laughs> of you doing the voice of Gamera. <laughs> I didn't really, I wanted to save it for later. I didn't you want know. to reveal it just now. I was really proud. It was proud, a surprise. But... <laughs> it sounded a lot like a giant frog to me and not a giant turtle, though. I'm I still, have to say, Rob. I'm still working on, you know, the finer, finer points of it, I think. <laughs> acting is an art. It's not a, it's not a, you know, it's not a one and done. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not an actor. I don't. I don't. <laughs> All right, Kyle. What What do you have for your? Oh, that's a good shot award. So, so this one, like once once you guys told me how it was going to work, and you sent me the Google Doc, like I immediately swo- swooped in and was like, "Nope, this is mine. I'm taking it. Uh, no one can take this from me." Um, okay, so a uh, little setup. Gauss uh, is attacking Tokyo at night and uh falls asleep uh and they're like oh we're gonna attack him during the day or her during the day and they try and attack her and of course it doesn't matter that it's daytime they are she's she's so evolved at this point it doesn't matter yeah uh and they pull a g98 and they fire some missiles and gauss makes them uh run into tokyo tower (laughs) and it completely (laughs) knocks tokyo tower over uh so gauss then decides to land on tokyo tower and make a nest uh, on the tower, which Rob uh, or yeah, yeah, Rob discovered it earlier uh, with the the miniatures, uh, yeah. where G- Gamera comes out of the ground and attacks Tokyo Tower, where the Gauss is. But the one perfect shot, the movie that we used for our image back in the day, yeah, uh, is there is a sunset silhouette shot mm-hmm. of Gauss resting inside of Tokyo Tower with a beautiful like orange sunset behind it gauss in the and the tokyo yeah. tower like pure black silhouette yeah. uh and it's just it's gorgeous it is like yeah. like it's just one of those like it's, oh man that's some good cinematography right there yeah. <laughs> it was the first time while watching a movie that i shouted that's the that's the cover image like that's the header image for this episode you know yeah. like yeah, I was yeah. just like, it can't be anything else. <laughs> well, Eric is a complete sucker for anything with a sunset, so it was a good thing you swooped in and got it because he would have done it. Well, it broke, it broke my heart honestly oh, a little God, bit. No. Oh no, it, I'm it, sorry. It broke. No, it's okay. I, I'm gonna forgive it's just, you. It's just eventually. so good. <laughs> it's just, it's just so good. Like I can't, I can't. Whenever I think of this it film, really... whenever I think of this film, that is the shot I think of. Like no yeah, matter yeah. what. Like I love the rest of this movie, but that shot is just so fantastic. Uh, and then before Eric, before you give yours, because no one chose this and I, I, I really wanted to bring it up. Uh, there is one other, Oh, that's a good shot that I have to bring up. And it is the <laughs> shot where Gauss, the final Gauss grows and oh, lets out ooh, the Showa yeah. Gauss roar. 
because uh, that scene is so good. <laughs> yeah, it is. It it's is. great in a, from a practical stance because they have like uh, this fake skin on it and they have like these little fish wire strings you can't see as they're peeling the flesh away as it's like getting as it's bigger. growing. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> so good. And then it lets out that just the fact that it lets out the roar. That's the only time we yeah. hear it in this movie. And it lets out the, the classic just full on Gauss roar. And it's just like, oh, man. There we go. Do you want there to emulate that for us, Kyle? <laughs> no, I'm good. Wanna... I'm good. Oh, okay, okay. I just wanted... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I I am a little devastated that you chose that shot, Kyle. <laughs> but I, I moved on to to feature a shot that is just pure 1995, and it's a really <laughs> random shot, actually. And it's it's the shot after. Um, Gauss has just basically caused a bunch of destruction and people have just panicked. And we just get this random shot of this Walkman on the ground. <laughs> Music is still playing it's and it comes random. out of nowhere and there's actually no, no real purpose for it. But that's <laughs> it, why I no, like it so much. It totally no. has a point. It totally has a. It totally What's the point, does, comes from somewhere. The destruction okay. of the music industry. Oh, oh there it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. So, okay. They're, well, I know uh, it's, so the, it's seconds, the teenagers, right? Yeah, yeah. It's seconds before yeah. the teenagers are having this calm, serene moment, and they're sharing like the earbuds oh, listening to the Walkman. You're so right. And yeah. then yeah. Gauss <laughs> destroys it, starts eating them, and you see their clothes fall out of Gauss's mouth. And mm-hmm. then on the ground, you see the Walkman still playing. And it's supposed to be kind of like that haunting, like no. calm after a storm. Mo- you know, like, <laughs> okay. It's the eye yeah. of the storm moment. Wow, that, okay, that is awesome. Because... Well, it's not awesome. It's actually sad that they <laughs> killed those it, it kids. It means you didn't watch because, the movie. I think. Because, <laughs> no, 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 no. Because those kids, I, I noticed them more the second time around because, you know, <laughs> we get a shot of them earlier on in the movie yeah. and the guy is like joking around like, it would be so cool if he came to Tokyo. Yeah. yeah. Right, and then he yeah. does, and then he does, and, and them. kills them. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, that's so that devastating. <laughs> yeah, not as devastating as Kyle taking my shot, but I'm still sorry. devastating. <laughs> Look, man, you've seen this movie before. You posted up the thing. You could have instantly done it yourself. <laughs> I should have. I really should have. <laughs> no, it's oh, it's man. all good. Now, Rob, I know you also had some bonus awards for us. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you share your bonus uh, awards? Would you like me to take it away? Um, yeah. So I've got two awards. <laughs> the Jurassic Park Award. Keep an eye out for Jurassic Park references throughout the film. Uh, early on when they're running away, when the, the guy that you said uh, for your uh, line, uh, a bird, a bird. Yeah. Uh, that scene feels almost exactly like Nedry running away from like, you know, in the middle of the storm, trying to get mm-hmm. away from like, you know, the Dilophosaur. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, it just like the lighting is so perfect. And like that frantic vibe and slipping around on stuff. It's, and you don't really see like, it's, it's so it's very much a reference. Then of course uh, we get a little bit more on the nose. We've got rummaging through poop or in this yep. case, a pellet. Uh, <laughs> I had the you know, same that... note. I had the same <laughs> note. This is Jurassic Park. <laughs> um, and ultimately what it comes down to is life finds a way. Mm-hmm. Except in this case, it's Gauss because Gauss can make babies by itself. You yep. just need yeah, right. one and then it can populate the entire planet with like, You'll see. Ooh, I hope that doesn't come back to bite them. Ooh. <laughs> uh, the second one is editing is my passion award. Oh yeah, for um, real. Oh, these are I so good. Not, 
I did not remember so much of this. Okay. The first one, I hate. The second two, I love. There's like, they, he, Kaneko didn't like shoot any transition sequences. Like, there's no like establishing shots. No. So no, instead, absolutely not. Instead, he discovered on Windows Movie Maker a slide wipe where just one scene will like slide in over top of another scene and then you're at your new scene. You don't need to establish it. You just do it. The next thing, oh boy, if you loved King of the Monsters, the most recent one, uh, you would love this movie because there's like five snap zooms on three are on kaiju and then two are on humans it's a it's so good just like that quick 70s like the camera just rushing towards a person's face Mm -hmm. um and then uh of course a favorite of mine returning once again is dutch angles boy oh boy just drop that camera down low, tilt it to the side, and then now your characters are disoriented. So is your audience. <laughs> oh boy, that's great. That's great. No, I see. Awesome. I I kind of like this the slide wipes because they just added wipe, a certain wipe wipe. wipe. <laughs> they added a certain like levity. I felt like. To some of the things <laughs> yeah. that were happening, which I felt like the film needed at and times. The, and the slide wipes happen more in the beginning of the film than the beginning yes. of the film. As they the movie once, gets more serious, they kind of go yeah. away. Yeah. Once yeah. things start really getting to a pace, they just disappear. But like early yeah. on where they're like, how do I get these characters from point A to point B? They just kind of like just well, wipe it. And there's like, ah, okay, we're here yeah. now. <laughs> and there are so many different locations at the beginning yeah. of, of the film too. Um, yes. So yeah. I mean, it makes a little bit of sense. But now let's get into our rating and our ranking within the Gamera series as a whole. Um, So we rate out of five, and then we kind of rank them among all of the Gamera films that we've seen so far in our series. Now, you all have seen all of them, so you can rank within the entire Gamera series as a whole. And Rob, (laughs) I want to start with you. Thank you. Uh, I – okay – I think I'm a four out of five. I think this is a solid movie. There are editing issues. There are some special effects that just don't quite hold up. And there's just, there's a lot of characters and some of them kind of fall to the wayside, which is really unfortunate because all the characters that are presented are extremely fun and you want to watch them, but there's just too many people. That being Mm -hmm. said, this film, while it is rough around the edges is like, extremely like easy to watch and no point was i frustrated by anything um the acting is still really really fun the special effects are super great and it's just well especially the suit motion and the the practical effects are amazing the cgi and the green screening not you know listen, it was mm-hmm. it was the 90s it was a different time it was a different time it'll, it'll get there yeah it will get there and that leads me to my ranking within the gamma series and i'm throwing in the 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 other like Hezai films as well and that makes this my fourth favorite um the other two Hezai films i won't say in which order but I will say that Legion's my favorite. Coward. Uh, so I will oh, okay. say what's... <laughs> what? That's why I did. I just said it. I said I wouldn't, and I did. It's you did, bit. you did. It's a bit. Um, <laughs> and uh, I really... I honestly... I love how goofy Gamma versus Gauss is more than I like this movie. Not that mm-hmm. this is bad, but I think there's just like a childlike wonder and like an excitement I got watching 
Gamera versus Gauss that I didn't get from any of the other Gamera movies, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Huh. All right. Kyle, what about you? Uh, so, uh, yeah, it, this movie is a solid uh, four and a half out of five for me. It's absolutely one of the best kaiju films ever made. It's It's definitely up there. It should be up there for everyone, I feel like. I think that this movie, yeah, you're right, Rob. Like, I definitely agree with you to a certain extent on like the the special effects just aren't quite there yet. Sometimes yeah. uh, they tried to be a little overzealous with some things they were doing, uh, but uh, I mean, it still looks great, especially if you compare some of the stuff that it was doing compared to like the Heisei Godzilla films. Like, it still looks better than them most of the time. So, can we really <laughs> complain? Uh, <laughs> um, but in all in all in all seriousness, uh, th- this relaunched the Gamera franchise. Even if it only went on for three other movies after this, like this did something that no one was expecting with Gamera. I think, mm-hmm. and I think uh, I, I think we uh, at G Fest last year, uh, Kaneko was there, and he spoke Ooh. about how he did not want to do Gamera for like they they offered it to him, and he was like, "No, I don't want to do it. It's stupid. It's a kids movie. <laughs> like I don't want to do this." And then it took him a while to find the story and how to make it this. Yeah. I won't say it's not for kids, but at the same time, like it's kind of not. It's almost for yeah. people who grew up watching Gamera more than it is yeah. for kids getting yeah. into Gamera. For sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, this movie is, is great. Uh, I rated a four and a half out of five for a very specific reason. Uh, <laughs> number one, it is ranked number two. For me, Gamera wise, uh, number one, I will say flat out is Gamera three, uh, Revenge of Virus. Yep, uh, okay. that movie is just phenomenal across the board. <laughs> uh, number three, I'll give you my my a little bit around it. So number three is going to be Gamera versus Gauss. It's right Yay. underneath here, and then where's, underneath where's that. Legion? Underneath that is Legion. Legion is oh, number. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's number four for me. <sighs> wow. Just because I feel like I, I Do like Do you guys Gals. need a new co-host by any chance? <laughs> Would you yeah, be? Yeah, yeah, sure. Look, look, look. <laughs> I like Legion. Don't get me wrong. I like Legion, but I feel like the stuff that happens in Legion is the only reason why I watch Legion is just to get the stuff that's going to pay off in three. <laughs> Like, does that make sense? <laughs> oh man, wow! It's still a great movie, but like, we're offering tryouts. <laughs> um... <laughs> uh, but no, seriously though, uh, no. I, I and I mean, once again, like the reason why I said four and a half out of five is like Gamera three is a five out of five, Gauss yeah. is a four out of five, and like maybe <laughs> Legion is a three point seven five out of five. Like they're all really yeah. close to each other. Uh, but uh, but this one, this one for me is just like. It really, it really sets in stone that Gauss is Gamera's Ghidorah. Like yeah, this yeah. is this is Gamera's like arch arch villain. Like this is the yeah. one that should be the villain in at least one of the movies of whatever series you're in. Are you so. telling me Super Monster didn't solidify? No, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it really didn't. Uh, um, <laughs> we haven't watched that one for the cast yet, but uh, I am well, not looking forward I, to that. I haven't <laughs> seen it at all. I, I do oh. want to say one thing before you guys get into your. Th- I forgot to m- make this point, but Kaneko said something at at the G Fest uh, that I went to that changed my perception of the movie. And I think keeping this in mind as you watch this trilogy might help, you know, make the ending more than what like it is. I, I don't know if I'm explaining this very well, but. 
basically someone asked him specifically about the ending of the third film and i'm not gonna like explain that yet because you guys haven't seen it but i will say that he said the ultimate question that i'm trying to ask with these three movies is do Mm. you have faith in gamera yes do you have faith in the creature that is in this movie because that will determine like the whole like mythology behind it and that ties back into my most memorable line awards to be fair that's the whole Yeah. yeah I actually, I actually read. I guess it was probably the article that you might be talking about, and it was really interesting and yeah. gave me a new perspective on it. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I will go then next. It, yes. Here's what I'll say about Gamera: Guardian of the Universe. It's it's clearly the start of something new for Gamera, and yet it still feels infused with that Gamera spirit that made the Showa era feel so authentic to me. Um, the attention yeah. to detail in this film is outstanding and yeah some of the flying effects feel dated um but the miniature work stands out as some of the best that i've seen like ever the characters they subvert expectation specifically dr nagamane who who i mentioned the young female uh, scientist who makes the role of the old man individualist scientist her own and never backs down from a challenge my one complaint about this film might be about the presentation of some of its themes. And I know Rob brought up that scene um, where they're at the bar and they're, they're talking for me that felt a little, felt a little bit shoehorned in um, along with the mythology of Gamera. Now this might be because I haven't seen the other two films and I imagine the other two films are going to help kind of build that up a little bit. Um, But to me, it felt like an example of a telling versus showing uh, Mm -hmm. filmmaking style. And, and I think, the film has some interesting things to say besides those scenes. And I actually agree a hundred percent with the premise of that theme that it brings up. But for me, um, it just felt a little bit shoehorned, but it's still left overall. The film still left me super excited to see what's going to happen next. I can't wait to watch the next two films. I gave this film a 3.5 out of five and I ranked it second based off what I've seen so far. And oh. I hate to be a dead horse here, but it's it's ranked right behind Gamera versus Gauss, the original Gamera versus Gauss. <laughs> I'm, glad like yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad we all agree. Yeah, I'm glad we all agree on that one. <laughs> hmm. Well, I might have something to say about that. Oh, ooh. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. Hot take. Hot but, take. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I agree. This is an interesting movie, and it really does a great job of building this mythology around Gamera and Gauss and the decision to make both creatures like this fabrication of some ancient civilization is a really awesome choice. Yeah. Uh, I I also like that. I actually like the characters, even if like the priestess story with uh, Asagi, Mm -hmm. I feel like it could have gone an extra step again. This is, this is for just this movie. Not where I'm ignoring the second. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say, but this film doesn't feel like it quite goes far enough with it. And I don't know if when they made this movie, if they had planned a trilogy or if that was afterwards, uh, I don't know. I think actually they might have already planned the trilogy. Okay. Or if not, but, at least Kaneko already had it in his head. Because, I mean, there's so many things in right. this that was set up for the future ones that, like, yeah. I, I can't imagine that he didn't have it at least. It definitely does sometimes out. have the vibe of, like, 
I'm just going to put sequel bait in here because having mystery boxes is a good like storytelling <laughs> yeah. tactic. Yeah. yeah. But like some of it, I mean, it all pays off later. That's what I was going to yeah, say. Like know. all yeah. the mystery boxes pay off. So it's not oh, even yes. really sequel bait anymore. But yeah, yeah at the time yeah. it might have been, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. But I really love the effects in this. Like they're all pretty great, except for like you all said, the flying scenes. Um, but they they were really able to maximize their budget, especially when you compare them to the Heisei Godzilla films. Like it, there's a, there, this one's really kind of a level above it in is. terms of miniature work, especially. <laughs> and the story is fun. I do think the film actually falters a little bit in its third act. Uh, it's somehow it's somehow a bit too long and too short. And I, let me yeah. explain. <laughs> let me let me explain. So. Uh, I think it's too long because we waste too much time watching sunrises and sunsets with Gauss. Like when their attack fails, we have to wait a whole another 24 hours to have another, some sort of attack on this thing or another plan. And it, it does actually the same thing happens in Gamma versus Gauss where the first plan you think that's going to kick off the big third act, it actually fails. And then we have to wait again. Uh, <laughs> but I actually, uh, while I like this version of Gauss, he, I do kind of miss the vampireness uh, of his previous primetime appearance. And I think Gamera having a new important ability added in the final moment of the film is, is a little lame or maybe a little lazy in the writing, even though we have seen it in the Showa era for. And again, I'm perceiving this as a standalone film. I was going to say. Right? <laughs> so, but, but a new ability shows up in the final minutes of the film to destroy the foe. It, it doesn't, I don't like that when movies do that. I, I see it happen sometimes with superhero films and stuff like that. I mean, it happened I really in King of the Monsters, to be fair. Yes. I, I do think they set that up a little bit more than this, because Gamera, we think, is maybe dead, and then suddenly he is a... <laughs> In a really cool fashion, absorbing everything around him, going Super <laughs> Saiyan. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if only he had blonde hair, this would have been a five out of five. <laughs> but I, I'm actually, despite those few criticisms, I'm giving this a three point five out of five, which puts it a seven uh, or a seven out. <laughs> I just converted it, even though I finally did it right, Eric. Um, I know, man. <laughs> and but that's the same rating I gave Gamma versus Gauss. But despite having the same rating, I'm putting Gamma versus Gauss as my number one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 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 All right. Oh boy. Well, uh, before we do rhyme time, I, I want to say MVM Plus today. Are you guys still cool to, to join us? Yeah, sure. Because Absolutely. I want to hear your one thing. I want to hear is your refutation. Or is that the right word? Refutations? What? <laughs> what? Refutation? <laughs> what? Is that a word? What is that? Our, uh, no, I want to hear you refute. Yeah, maybe? refute. I mean, refute? I want to hear you refute oh, our oh. criticisms. Oh yes. <laughs> I honestly, I don't know if I can refute them. I I do mostly agree with everything. Um, <laughs> we'll go. Yeah. We'll go a little bit deeper in MVM Plus with those. Sure. All right. Ah. But before we get there. Uh, Let's go ahead and hear where people can find you all online and just a little bit about what's in store for your podcast in the future. Sure. Uh, I will, uh, I will all do this. I always do the bumps. Uh, so <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, search Tokyo lives, uh, at Tokyo lives cast on Twitter. 
Uh, TokyoLivesPodcast.com is our website. Uh, of course, just search Tokyo Lives on, U- on uh, iTunes. You'll find us. Uh, if you want to help support the cast, of course, join us on Patreon. Uh, if you uh, give some stuff, uh, we give you some stuff. Like, you can join our Discord. Yeah, there you go. And uh, we, uh, we give out, uh, for our $15 patrons, we give out... Uh, a t-shirt custom made uh, every year for you guys uh, that will never be sold on any Tokyo Live store if we set one up. So it's exclusive to you guys forever. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, yeah, just uh, search for us on there and uh, yeah. definitely check out our last episode that we did with you guys uh, with the for Marvel's yeah. Godzilla. Uh, and then at the end of this month, we are doing uh, uh, well. The- depending on when this episode comes out. Yeah, I don't know when this episode comes out. <laughs> uh, at the end of August, we are doing Hanuman versus Seven Ultra Brothers uh, with Gargantu Cast as our cool. guest host. Uh, yeah. And then next month, uh, we have not exactly sussed out the details, but we have a really Ooh. cool versus episode idea. Uh, I'm extremely excited. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. We also have a spinoff show called Tokyo Signals that's uh, curated by me, um, where it's instead of like watching whole movies, it's more looking at like tokusatsu shows um, or just like, you know, short format things uh, that, you know, require a little right. bit less, you know, time investment, I guess, uh, which uh, right now we're doing the Godzilla animated series, and that's been yes. a lot of fun to relive. <laughs> Sweet. Now, did you say that that takes a less time commitment? Uh, yeah, because we mostly just like watch it live, and then we record immediately after. Oh, <laughs> yeah, those, those episodes. Those, yeah, those episodes are only like thirty minutes long, where our normal episodes run two hours. <laughs> oh, so, <yeah. laughs> I thought you meant. Be- I was thinking the the whole Godzilla series. I'm like. Okay, that's like twenty something episodes. Oh no, One no, 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 two hours. <laughs> uh, I am. We were doing it like episode by episode, and then we realized, like, oh, we'll just be doing like Ultra Q for the entire rest of our lives. So let's just like that's okay. Yeah, true. <laughs> but it's we switched up recently to where now it's just like I'm doing highlight episodes or highlight storylines, uh, which yeah. I'm really excited about. Cool, cool. interesting. That's cool. Well, next week. Our podcast is over Gamera 2 Attack of Legion. Were you guys... uh, Or Advent of Legion? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Were you guys willing or able to partake in our rhyme time for the closing of our episode? Oh, Uh, God. uh, Rob is better at uh, uh, improv. (laughs) I'll buy you all some time with mine. All right. Um, You you have one, Alex? Yeah, I do. I, I always got one, Eric. Um in in Gamera 2 Legion Attacks, we'll see how it stacks or possibly what it lacks. Hopefully, Ooh. that movie smacks. Ooh. <laughs> wow, Alex actually prepared one this time. Oh, I am geez. impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is not that up to par, Alex. Man. Mine is, does Gamera 2 make me feel like poo or does Attack of Legion <laughs> elevate the Toku region? <laughs> that's good. Oh my god! <laughs> what part of the body is the Toku region? I, I'm kind of, well, I would like to know. For you to find out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's on the the Monster vs. Men Plus. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk more about that on MVM Plus for sure. Oh god! Man, I was trying to think about that, but I like the rhymes I was making was about this movie because I 
I totally misunderstood. So, uh, <laughs> no, you guys, my bad. You're good. You're good. Two rhymes, two rhymes are probably good enough for our audience, anyways. Let's just be honest. <laughs> well, next next time, I next time one of us comes on the show, we'll have one prepared. I promise. Yes, <laughs> I'll write up a few. <laughs> well. As always, guys, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM underscore pod. You can find me on Letterboxd at Eric Neely or Alex sometimes at Alex Cornette. You can email us, mvmpod at gmail.com or leave us feedback on our website, mvmpod.com. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mvmpod and receive weekly bonus off-the-cuff episodes. And if you feel, feel so led, leave us a review on iTunes. Your review really helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Michael Herndon is executive producer. Special thanks to our wives, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, Senor Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next week, try, try, try to stay, <laughs> to stay, to stay oh what? Alive. 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 I did it. <laughs> <laughs>